Well, how are we doing out there? The make community. It is, uh, I'd like to tell you that it's Monday, but it's not. It is not Monday. You're hearing this on a Wednesday, but we usually record these on Mondays. And uh, it is not Monday. It is Tuesday. And it is the Tuesday post-Easter. And I'm sitting all by myself in the studio. Now, I say by myself. There's nobody physically in this room with me because... Dylan, Dylan teased all of us. He came back to Tucson. He was here in the room with me. We drank good coffee. We laughed. We had fun. And now I'm looking at him on a screen again. And Dylan, you're back I, in San Diego. I really wanted to put on the board for you uh, all by myself, Celine Dion, just so you could hit that pad anytime oh, you feel bro. lonely. Uh, well, we just play it constantly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it just it would be a constant play button. Like You would never get to talk because I would just be playing – Actually, Unbreak My Heart, I think, is what I would put on here. Um, say you'll do it again. Um, <laughs> I will do it again. Yeah, I know. You you already have. You will. Uh, you know, it's okay. Uh, we were just talking before we hit the record button of when I'm going to see you again. You're like, oh, I'll be there May the 6th. And I'm like, when? And you're like, 5.15 at night. And I'm like, cool. My flight leaves for the Dominican at 6 p.m. So you will see me. I might. We'll see. Even if we wave out the plane windows to each other. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Just taxi. I was like, hey, Dill. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off. And we're off and running. So, Dylan, it is the it is really two days post-Easter for us. It'll be three days once our listeners hear this. Um, talk to me, man. What do you got today? Because uh, it was a big weekend. It was a big weekend. Uh, it's honestly you know, 48 hours removed from it. It's a little bit of a blur. Um, I'm sure you probably feel that way too. I mean, preaching four services, that's a lot in a day. Yeah. It, you know what? This is how I know it's long because I didn't turn off notifications on my computer. So y'all just heard an email come through. Um, <laughs> we're not even gonna pretend like that didn't happen. I'm just, I'm going to keep it real with you all today. Um, that, that, that might happen a couple more times. Who knows? Um, if I can figure out how to use technology, um, how do I feel? Um, Here's what I tell you, like, I, I love Christmas. I love Easter. Um, I'm really tired today. Um, yeah. And it's not the energy from preaching. Like, the funny thing about preaching for me, once you get past two, three times, I remember somewhere, I can't remember what service it was. It was either 11 or 1, where I had a moment where I was like, did I just say that? And in my head, I'm like, I feel like you just said that. You shouldn't say that again. But I'm like, wait a minute. Did you say that last hour? Maybe you are supposed to say it again. Maybe if you do say it again, somebody didn't hear it anyhow. So, like, this is going on while I'm trying to say something on the platform. This is the kind of things going on in my head. Um, but, bro, just such a – I've had to unpack Easter the last two days. I, I'm, I'm trying to get my head around what God did because it was so unbelievable. Um, before, before Sunday, um, Glenn had told me – which, by the way, Glenn was on stage baptizing with Roger. I love – just the joy on Glenn's face being on the platform, man. It's so much fun for me. And I got to shoot baptisms for all four services. And so I've got the camera like right down in Glenn's face and yeah. like every picture, there is not a single picture of Glenn not smiling. Well, here's what I do. So I, this, this is going to sound a little creeper stalkerish, but um, I really paid attention to Glenn baptizing on Sunday. And you know what I loved about it? He's so gentle with every person. Yeah. Like he just leans in. He has this moment. He, he makes this a moment with them because it's a big deal. And I watch him baptize all these people. And um, he was telling me before Sunday, he was like, man, our, our record for a single Sunday of baptisms was 99. 
And I joked with him. I was like, well, if we, if we get to 99 and we don't have any more Glenn, I'm baptizing you or you're baptizing me. One of the two. And, uh, but before we got to the one o'clock service, we were at 124 baptisms. Um, and 12 of those were revive. Our bilingual service had 12 baptisms. And, um, by the time we got done, all said and done on Sunday, we had 145 people get baptized. And I'm just like, I, I got home Sunday afternoon and you know how, you know how, you know, something was a big moment, but you get in the middle of it. You're like, man, this is awesome. But you get away from it and you're like, maybe it wasn't as big as I thought it was. Yeah. I did not like, I'm still this morning trying to get my head around like to put this in context. Last year we had 412 people baptized at Pantano. I think with Sunday we're over 200 for the year right now of people that have been baptized. And, and I, I know some of y'all are sitting here listening to this and you're going, so do we just care about numbers and records? No, um, I don't. But I, I do think it's important because every one of these lives, all 145 of those names that are, we have a list of those names. We have a certificate they're going to get. Um, but bigger than that, all 145 of those names represent a life that was lost and now is found. Um, and I, I, I think say, that's what, that's what me and Melissa were talking about on our drive home was just like, we, we've said it on this podcast before we've said it behind closed doors. Like it's not a secret. Like we don't do numbers for numbers sake. Right. Um, but you made a joke before we started this podcast that, you know, there is an entire book called numbers. Yeah. Well, there's um, a re there's a reason we, there is, there's a whole old Testament book called numbers it, and it's not just one, two, three, four, five, six. Like there's, they, they took account of people. Um, and then if you go to the new Testament, there's a reason we know that Jesus fed 5,000 people. Somebody counted that. Well, we, someone cared. Someone thought it was important. Somebody thought it was important enough to let people know, let me show you the gravity of what just happened. Um, there's a reason we know 3,000 people came to know Jesus on the day of Pentecost. Like, like you just yeah. go through all of these moments and you're like, oh, like they are important in the sense of every one of those lives represents a person and every person represents redemption. Um, and every redeemed person now gets to go replicate themselves. And so like, I, there's a story, there's two guys. Um, the one guy we actually, he's the picture that we've used to promote baptism for like last month, the guy that I baptized last baptism Sunday and uh, crazy cool story, uh, was in prison, got out of prison, came to church. Like literally the first week he was out of prison, he was here, uh, gets baptized like a month ago, starts bringing his buddy. Um, his buddy's like, I want to get baptized on Easter. Great. Um, backstage after he gets baptized, they're like, we know who our one is. Our next one is there. And they both look at each other and said his name almost in unison. And I'm like, Oh, that dude's getting baptized. He doesn't know it yet because those two guys have decided we're going to replicate ourselves. Yeah. Um, because when redemption happens, I, I think of my buddy, John, his, his best friend from high school or from childhood. They've been best friends for like 30 years. He's been inviting him to church for 30 years, bro. Think about that. Um, and, and John's my age. So they, I mean, you think probably high school, he started inviting him to church. Sunday was the first time he came. Um, and he gets up, gets baptized. And I, I meet him out here in the, in the cafe afterwards, he's eating breakfast and he, he just, he can't stop crying. He can't, he's got his wife and kids with him. And he's like, I just, I can't explain what happened. I was like, Oh, I can. The whole, the Holy Spirit's an interesting, interesting part of, of who God is. And, um, there's just countless stories like that, man. It's, it's nuts. Um, and you see that life change. And, um, so man, what did you take away Sunday? What, what was your takeaways? Honestly, I, I mean, growing up in church, you hear Easter, you know, once a year, every year, and sometimes more than that, if your pastor decides to touch on it again, but hearing the Easter message, um, this was a different kind of a different angle on it. And I liked it. Um, because I don't think we sit in 
the truth of like this change. It literally changes everything. And right. to your point yesterday or not yesterday, Sunday, <laughs> you think and, it's Monday <laughs> and I do, uh, to your point on Sunday, um, if Jesus didn't conquer the grave, then it's nothing. Right. Like what we were doing on Sunday was a funeral. Well, it was, it was a celebration well, like that. Well, like put, a celebration it, put it in bigger context, Dylan. Like if the resurrection doesn't happen, why do you and I get paid to do what we do? Right. Like I, I didn't, I, I don't, I mean, I like doing podcasts with you, but, um, and some would say that you guys do this and the, the resurrection is what causes this. Well, <laughs> Unfortunately for y'all listening, yes, it is, um, because we're trying to bring some glimmer of hope through this podcast of what it means to go and make disciples, um, not sit and take, but go and make. And I, I think you just put that in a small context of what just you and I do. Like, if the resurrection doesn't happen, we're wasting our time. I mean, it probably makes us better people, maybe. Maybe we're more, um, we're more into philanthropy and we take care of people. But the reality is, I, I didn't give my life for philanthropy. I gave my life for eternity. And, well, and you, you hit the nail on the head really well saying, you know, like Gandhi, Confucius, Muhammad, like you can, you can visit those graves. Yeah. There's a body in those graves decayed as it may be. There's a body in those graves. Those people did not conquer a grave. Right. So, you know, our savior is the risen savior. Right. He like that, that, that is what changed everything. That moment and I don't I, like as Christians, I don't know myself included. I don't think, you know, you get caught in the the grind, the hustle and bustle of Christianity because there is a grind of modern Christianity, I think. Yeah. I um, and, you know, wh- whatever that is, like serving in church or, you know, just being a, a good Christian. I think sometimes we we lose sight of the important things like he's risen. Right. Right. Well, the, I, I, we do. I, I mean, that, that, was a, that was great to hear again on Sunday. Yeah, we. I know I do. I mean, we, we lose the wonder and awe of serving Jesus. Yeah. You know that when I was at compass in Dallas, um, drew Sherman, who actually be here in this series to preach. Um, I'll never forget. We had a, like a staff kind of a staff commands, 12 staff commands. And, uh, we used to pull them out like every hundred days and go through them the first couple of years I was there. And one of those core values are 12, there were 12 commands of staff. They weren't values. Um, but one of them was never lose the wonder and awe of serving Jesus. And, and I still go back to that almost weekly because I'm like, there's moments in, in Christendom and the church and, and just life where I just get in that place where I'm like, why do I do this? And in Sunday is that reminder of, oh, because Jesus resurrected to give me the ability to be able to help people find hope. That's why I do this. So I have to constantly yeah. remind myself, like, you get that heat-seeking email, you get in this weird drama, you got somebody's not happy about something, you got inner inner you know, inner turmoil going on, whatever it is, I have to remind myself almost daily, hey, you do this because Jesus resurrected for you to have life. And it's really easy to get distracted. I think that's Satan's greatest tool against us is the distraction of the resurrection. Well, and if I'm being entirely honest, like, I mean, as part of the creative team, like, you know, I can get lost in the weeds of making a pretty graphic or, you know, even whenever things get crazy, just producing this podcast. Um, and it's really easy to get lost in the weeds and kind of lose sight of. It's not that these things don't matter. It's that they don't matter as much as Jesus rose. And right. like that, that's what I should constantly be setting my eyes on. Yeah. And he rose for me to do these things with my gifts and to reach the kingdom. Yeah. Well, we can get, 
sometimes we get more cynical than we get savior, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. and, um, I, 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 I'm as guilty of it. Like I, even this morning, like I wasn't cynical this morning by any means, but I'll gotta be honest with you. Like I got up this morning and I'm like, I gotta go talk for three hours today. I've got this podcast to record. I've got some other things I got to record. We've got run through today. And in my head, I was like, I don't want to do any of that today. Now, part of that is because I, I'm just dog tired from the weekend, but uh, <laughs> I had to remind myself again, of course you want to go do it. You get to go do this. You get, I've got, and you've got, we've got the most redeeming jobs on the planet. Yeah. Like I get a front row seat to redemption. Like Sunday I'm backstage and I'm like, I'm, I'm watching as people are ushering in a new life in Jesus. And I'm like, I, I get to be the first one to see this happen. And I don't, and I got backstage passes to it, you know? This is a sidebar, but but related. I don't know if you're this way at all. If you look back on your younger self, I mean, we've talked about your life story growing up, but like from the time that I was in middle school, I, I kind of knew I wanted to be in some form of full-time ministry. And so sometimes whenever I get stagnant or like, I don't want to do this or why am I doing this? I think about, you know, 13-year-old my, myself who wanted this and and wasn't marred or anything by, you know, the turmoil or the burnout or the hustle or like the work that goes into doing what we do. Um, 13 year old me just wanted to, to love others, to love others, to point them to Jesus. And that's what we get to do. Yeah. And I like, whenever I get bogged down in that, I'm like, look at like, it's like mental image of 13 year old, like acne ridden me. Um, (laughs) and, uh, like, I, I don't know. I was super self-conscious as a teenager, but like looking at myself now, like I get to do this. Yeah. We, we get to do this. And and that's not just for us on staff either. Like that's for our difference makers too. Like whenever you're serving four services in a row, which like, don't hear me say you need to serve four services in a row. We want you to at least attend one. But whenever yeah. you're serving as much as you serve, um, just remember that we get to do this. Well, I think that's why I'm 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 so bent on getting people involved as difference makers. Because when you understand, like I've had people go, ah, but all I'm doing is holding the door. Well, no, that's not all you're doing. Like, honestly, like I, I begin to put that into context. I, I had a lady in Ohio tell me that. She goes, well, all I do is hold the door. And I'm like, okay, well, let me help you understand why that makes a difference. Because you're going to see a single mom that's going to pull in the parking lot. She's got a she's got a kid in a carrier and a toddler that she's walking across the parking lot. It's a hot mess. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't even know where she's going, why she's here. But she feels like she should be here. You're going to greet her at a door. You might be the first smiling face she's had. And when she comes in, you're like, hey, are you new here? And she goes, yeah, you're going to walk her from that door. You're going to get her to the nursery. You're going to take her to a toddler area, check her kids, and you're going to get her some coffee. You're going to spend some time with her, and you're going to ask her her name and how she's doing. I'm like, and that makes a difference. You're not yes, just holding. You're a, not just holding. The you're door. not just holding a door. Or, uh, dude, I love Sunday. I don't. I don't know if you got to the parking lot or not. By the way, our our parking. I, I, props to our people. It went so smooth. Like people were. They actually did what we asked them to do, and it went really well. Um, but I saw we had a parking team member out here on 29th, on our west entrance, and it, I guess our northwest entrance. And this guy was like waving and doing all he, and you know the guys that spin the signs on the corners that like yeah, yeah. he was like that without a sign you know what I mean like he was just having the time and in my mind I'm like sure some people might be like man that was a little goofy but they remember it it made them smile it made them laugh and I'm like you're not just parking a car like you're the first touch that somebody has coming on our property if you're on our parking team 
And, and it's like, just yeah. if we can understand that those moments matter in the resurrection just as much as the sermon that I preached on Sunday or the graphic that you designed or the video that was produced or the, or the worship song that was sung or whatever that is. Uh, dude, we served over 10,000 pancakes on Sunday. 10,000. That, that's How dumb. You- I ate zero. I ate zero pancakes on Sunday. Um, by the way, there's a reason I eat zero of most heavy things on Sunday. I got to preach y'all. And my greatest fear, I'm about to let y'all in on it. My greatest fear is that there'll be a rumble in the Bronx down there in my stomach and uh, <laughs> I'd have to get off stage quick. And it, it's my greatest fear as a communicator is that uh, um, there would be a, a pancake burrito emergency on the platform. <laughs> and I would have to say now for the next few minutes, my friend Dylan's going to come pray and lead us. Um, <laughs> and I shall return after my meditation. Um, so, please enjoy this musical interlude. Yes. Yeah, so please, please enjoy this commercial break. Um, uh, so I, I, I do not eat much on Sunday mornings. Um, I, I did not have a pancake. So I didn't contribute to the 10,000 plus pancakes that were consumed. There was 7,000 pieces of sausage that were consumed on Sunday. Um, and I, and I'd say that because I walked out there and then we had guys cooking on griddles and flipping pancakes and serving sausage. And here's what I loved. They did it with a smile. They love people. There was so many first time guests that they got a free breakfast on Sunday and were loved on by a difference maker. And they're like, well, I'm doing flipping pancakes. No, you're not. No, you're not. There's probably a family or two that stepped on our campus on Sunday and we have cafe every week. It's just not free every week. Um, but we have, we have family step on our campus. I guarantee you on Sunday that, they, they were rushing to get out the door. Everybody was ticked off. They probably had an argument in the car. One of the kids probably spilled something that they didn't even know the kid had on their dress or their little Easter outfit. There was weeping and gnashing of teeth in the parking lot. They get out and they're like, you're going to look pretty. It's, it's Easter and we're going to church. So everybody shut up and look happy, right? Um, and they had a morning where they probably didn't get to eat and everybody's cranky. Well, you just gave them an opportunity to sit, chill, and relax. It didn't cost them anything. You could feed your family of 10 if you wanted to on Sunday out here for nothing. And uh, the pancakes were good. Uh, I, I saw them and, and the sausage looked fantastic. I actually had some sausage and uh, I saw families engaging. Well, and we, we've talked a little bit about this before and one of these days I want to unpack it like in its entirety, but there's something that I learned in ministry school. Uh, like when you meet someone's physical need, yeah. you usher in the ability for, for that spiritual need to be met as well. Yeah. Um. So like, Food is a physical need. Sure it is. And you know, some, some people coming on campus, like they needed to eat. Yeah. Like what you just said, like they, maybe they didn't get a chance to eat. Maybe they, you know, who knows? Maybe they didn't have the funds to buy breakfast before they came to church. Like I, I don't, don't know what that is, but we were able to set that stage to meet that physical need to usher Absolutely. in that physical, physical need that needed to be met. So again, yeah. what, what our different makers do, what our staff does, like it, it's, it's not the re- just doing it. It's the it's, resurrection. It's why we do it. Like all of that happens. And then like last night I, I've got, I had a bunch of dudes over last night and just hung out on my patio and, and did some life together. And uh, one of which is my neighbor and my neighbors started coming to Pantano and um, he's like, we, we got to infiltrate this neighborhood. I was like, uh-huh. And I'm like, like, let's get after it. And I, I mentioned one family in our neighborhood that we both know. And uh, he's like, you will never get them. I was like, oh, challenge accepted. I'm like, don't tell me I will I'm like, do not tell me we will never get someone. I'm like, somebody prayed for 45 years for my grandfather, and at 86 years old, he walked down and gave his life to Jesus. So don't tell me never. Um, and don't challenge me with the fact that I can't help somebody find redemption. I'm like, oh, really? That's cute. Let's do this. Um, but uh, to move it from, and I share that to move it from 
he he's going to be serving here at Pantano in our in our stuff and be a part of probably students or, or kids or something like that. Um, but even more so, he's now looking. How do I make a difference because of the resurrection in our neighborhood? Like, if we really believe the resurrection happened, like we talked about, then we ought to be beating down doors for that man. Like, we we ought to be building. That goes back to like our complacency a little bit. Like we, we lost the wonder of it. Like I, I, I can't honestly say that I sit up out of bed every morning and sit there and think about like, wow, our, our savior was dead and is not dead anymore. Yeah. Like that, that's not something that just happens. And I think we take it too lightly. I don't think we, we sit in that, that wonder as much as we should. I mean, let, let me throw this in like, like just everyday context for us. Like now, Let's just, for the sake of this argument, let's just say, and I love, by the way, it was so good to see Melissa on Sunday. The fact that I could just give your wife a big old hug and like, I just, I love her. She makes me happy. She just, she is, she's my little sister from another mister, you know, and I, I just, I love her to death. Um, but let, let's see the horrific side of, because when Jesus died, it was horrific for his people. Like, I mean, it was a death. Um, so let's just, for the sake of the conversation, say if Melissa dies today, which praying to God, she doesn't, Right. But if she does, and then three days later, Melissa comes back to life. Like, you've had the funeral. You, you've, you, yeah. you've put her in a grave. Like, if she goes full walking dead, pops out of the grave, comes walking back in the house, first of all, there may have to be another funeral because you might die. Um, but if she came walking back in and was like, hey, I know this is crazy, but I was dead for three days, and I don't know what happened, but, like, breath came back into my lungs, and I'm alive. Do you think you'd spend any day the rest of your life not telling everybody you could about the life of your wife? That would be the catalyst for me to write a book. Uh, write a book? Screw that. I'd be in Hollywood. I'd, I'd be in, I would be in, I would star in the movie. I'd be like, sorry, sorry, Dwayne Johnson. You don't get to be me. I'm going to be me in this movie. Um, uh, I, I mean, like, are, that's, that's the gravity of this though, right? Like, yeah. like if, she, if she conquers death in that moment, like I'm telling everybody. And you're a friend of mine, so yeah, I'm not even married right to your wife, so, which is a good thing, by the way. We, but anyhow, I, it's Tuesday after Easter. Sorry, I say weird stuff. Um, but I'm not, I'm not married to Melissa, but I know y'all, and y'all are like family to me. And so because of my proximity, I'm going to be like, y'all, I got to tell you a story about my friend Melissa. She was dead, but now yeah. she's alive. Um, and I, I, would, I would tell that story the rest of my life. I would tell everybody. Um, so throw that in the context of Jesus, like here we've got the savior of humanity, like conquers death and, and never died again. Let's understand that Jesus didn't have another death. Lazarus was raised from the dead by Jesus. Lazarus died again. Like you can't go find Lazarus walking around in Israel. Like, Hey guys, still here. I don't know what happened. Um, Jesus is still alive. Very much so. Um, and you know, there's the whole ascension of Jesus. If you go read scripture. Um, but that's the gravity of what I don't think we understand because if we put it in the context of, if you really love Jesus and you love him with all your heart, if he resurrected, then why wouldn't you tell everybody about it? Well, yeah. And that's what, like you said it on Sunday, that's what Paul was doing when he wrote to Corinth. Uh, like the reason, you know, he's reminding that church that, you know, the resurrection is like, if that's not the paramount moment for them, then nothing else matters. Well, yeah. He was telling them like, stop baptizing people to replace dead people. Yeah. Baptize people to give them new life. So they experience resurrection. And, and we, that is why we baptize people. We, we want people to experience the death of an old self, 
the burial of an old self. But if you just stop at the death and the burial piece, you still drown because you don't come up. Yeah. It, oh, yeah, we're going to baptize you. Death, burial. Okay, well, if we hold you under with no resurrection, you die. Like, we want you to resurrect. We, we want you to experience well, like, life. What, what, what Paul's doing is like the, the context of like us beating down the doors and telling people that good news. You know, he's shipwrecked. Yeah. He's ridiculed in prison, beaten, left for dead, stoned, like all, all of that. Yeah, that is his context of beating down the doors. And those are his repercussions. We don't, you know, in America face those those things per yeah. se. But that's all the more reason for us to be more bold and to knock on doors and be like, hey, this is amazing. Let me share it with yeah. you. When was the last time you got your butt kicked somewhere because you talked about Jesus? Yeah, never. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Like uh, and I've been in third world countries preaching Jesus where it gets like people are dying for their faith. And then I come back over here to my nice little cute American existence of the church. And, and it's really comfortable here. So it's always amazing to me here. Like, you know, it's interesting when I go to like India, I've been Africa, um, you know, even, even parts of, of like of Europe that are very post-Christian and very volatile. Um, it's really interesting. You never hear anybody go, well, we were going to this church, but we didn't really like it. So we decided to go to this church. You, you don't hear that. What you hear no. over there is, um, yeah, my friend died because they preached Jesus, which made us rise up even more. And so we're just going to keep telling people about our resurrected Savior in a hope that to live is, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Paul's words. So if I'm going to live, man, I'm going to live like Christ. If I die, I gain eternity. So I don't lose on either side of this equation. So it's really interesting to me in the American church is church shopping is a real thing. And you know why it's a real thing? Because yeah. because you can, um, because if you don't like if you don't like me, which is very possible, um, I, there's plenty of people that don't. Um, sometimes even me, I don't even like me sometimes. Um, but if you don't like me as a preacher, as a pastor, you know what? You got choices. You can go. You can literally go across the wash right here by our church. There's another church just across the wash. You can go there. You can go. There's you can another go, church next to that one. There's another church next to that one. You can go down on the other side of town. You can go over to. So there's like four church plants over in our area in Vale. Like you, you got a smorgasbord. You've got a golden corral of churches that you can go eat whatever you want off of and find what you like the most. And when you, but here's the problem with that: when you don't like what happens there at some point, you'll just get up and do it again. And I think it has watered down the the urgency of the resurrection. Because we get so consumed with feed me, feed me, feed me, we get spiritually fat, um, and we walk. It, you know, it's like what was the movie Wally? You remember that movie? Yeah. Like we yeah. we become. If you've not seen that movie, I mean, it wasn't a great movie, but it was actually that's hilarious. You guys can't see this, but Dylan is showing me on Zoom. He actually has a little little robot from Wally. Um, the The reality is is that we've done that in the church, and we and I don't think we realize we've done it. That's what's crazy. Like we've like we've been boiled in this pot of water. We've been slow boiled, and we're just we've gotten really. And I'm not talking about Pantano. I'm just talking about the church in general. Sure. Um, we've become really well, uh, spiritually fat. Like to open it up even more. Like I don't know how far down that rabbit hole you want to go, but like the the humans in Wally, they had been on this spaceship for decades for for yeah. generations. Utopia. Like, there were entire generations of people growing up on the spaceship who had no concept of of what life on earth had been like the struggle of like having to provide for themselves and so you've just got these people who to your point don't even know 
Right. Well, we and they and, don't know what they're they're doing. And it's funny you say how far down this rabbit hole do we want to go? I'm like every podcast we have is a rabbit hole. So we're like we're in Alice in Wonderland right now. Like I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm one of those cards, right? Like the Queen of Hearts or something. Um, but here here's what I think is just the saddest thing to me is that there's so many churches that are content to let you be the church of the do what you want to, not the church of being called to go into the world. Um, and, and that's what, this is what I love about Pantano. If I'm going to be real honest, like we're not a perfect church. We, we know that. Um, if we were, they wouldn't let me lead. Um, uh, just, it's just reality. Um, Dylan and I would no longer have this podcast at Pantano because, uh, we, we wouldn't be allowed to, cause we're not perfect. Um, but here's what I love about the DNA of our church. And I think this is why we've seen the growth we've seen as a church in its history. And in the last year, um, is because we're not content with sitting and taking at Pantano. And, and you know what's really interesting is I can I can spot the career church person, which is different than a Christian. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I'm not saying they're not a Christian. I'm just saying there's a difference. I can spot a career Christian versus a Christ follower at our church. Like, they stand out like a sore thumb. Because it's always, what can you do for me? What can you give me? What can you help me? Like, I'm not saying we don't want to help you. We want to do those things. But there's a very different, and when I ask, and this is what I'm talking about. If you're new to the church, this isn't about you. This is people that have been Christians for 30, 40 years, and they'll come in and go, hey, what do you have for me? What do you have for my kids? What can you do for me? What can well, you give me? Know, they want to know what amenities the country club right. has. Right. What them. amenities do you have to provide for me? Because I'll pay my dues, my tithe, right? Because that's biblical, that your tithes are your membership dues. Um, and the problem with that is, is that we create an And this has happened for decades, centuries in the American church, decades in the American church. Um that we've created this system that it's like, there's no compelling anything towards the resurrection. It, it's not about who do we reach. It's who, how can we keep you? And I'm just, Jesus was not in the business of keeping. He was in the business of reaching. And there's a big difference in those two things. Silence. Well, I don't know what we say after that. Well, I mean, you know what we could say after that? This has been the most intense episode I think we've had in a long time. Good. Yeah, what's happening to us? What's happened to us, Dylan? We haven't even used the train whistle yet. <laughs> you know what? You should have to use the train whistle for not using the train whistle correctly. I, I, I'm not going to do it now because the beautiful coffee sound is playing. and uh, It just sounds too good right now because I, I need about a bucket and a half of coffee today. Um, and I'm on my first uh, my first quarter gallon right now. I'm, I'm rocking and rolling. Is that um, how you measure your coffee now by gallons? Yeah, I don't, gallon, I don't gallon. even I don't even measure the beans in the water by grams anymore. I I measure it all by gallons. I got I just put a gallon of beans in. Let's grind those bad boys up and see what happens. <laughs> I'm gonna do a two to one ratio: gallon of beans to two gallons of water. Let's see what happens. Um, that'd be the worst coffee ever, by the way. <laughs> That's so nasty. Don't do that. We should do another podcast called uh, um, "Bad Ways to Make Coffee" and um, just give people all wrong, all the wrong information to make the worst coffee ever record every episode at starbucks you know what i'm gonna push back on that i'm gonna push back on that a little bit not and not that i'm defending anybody but i'm just saying i've i've got some friends that are really good baristas that work at starbucks and um that's true and uh they really understand how to make coffee um and and they have to do it, it, it kind of like the church let's let's just go back to what we were just talking about they're in a system that has told them this is how you're going to do this because we know that yeah. this will mass produce our followers. And they, you know, and, and, and Schultz said the head of Starbucks, that he was the, 
the chief coffee evangelist is what he called himself when he started Starbucks. Isn't that crazy? Evangelizing yeah. coffee to the world. Listen, if, if a multi-billion dollar company is going to evangelize coffee to the world, coffee, and I love coffee, why would I not want to be even more so that way with the resurrection of Jesus? Okay, sorry. We're in coffee time. I went back to Hold on. Well, let me no, go, I mean, let, that, that, no, 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 no. I'll bring it. I'll, I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back right there. I'm, I'm, I'll bring it back. I'll put the sound there. Sorry. I, I, I reverted us back. My bad. <laughs> this is what happens post Easter, man. Like I'm all like, I've been in my head thinking about a lot of things the last couple of days. And, um, so what, okay. What are you drinking today, Dylan? You're, you're over there on the edge of the, the side of the country. What, what are you drinking over there in San Diego this morning? Chula Vista. The edge of the side, the edge of the side of the country. Yeah. The edge like of the side of the country. You're on the edge of the side of the country. Um, so Stephen Job, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, actually, uh, brought some Presta, which I, that is one of the coffee shops that I missed about, uh, being Thanks, Stephen. um, but he brought some of that in for us to, uh, to have on Easter. And that was awesome. And, and we love you, Stephen. And it is great coffee. Yes. And I took a little bit home with me. Um, mm. and it is a, it's an Ethiopian coffee and, uh, tasty notes are green grape, which Fun fact, I do prefer a green grape to a red grape. Uh, you know what? As do I, especially when they're cold. Yeah. Okay. A question. Do you put your grapes in the fridge? Yeah. Well, fridge, but have you ever put grapes in the freezer? Uh-huh. And then, and then, so good. And then actually there's a, a method they, they'll freeze grapes and put them in champagne and let them be mm-hmm. ice in a champagne. Isn't that crazy? That's so good. Have you ever had the cotton candy uh-huh. grapes? Oh my gosh. Yes. I forgot about those. I they're, haven't had those in years. Bro, they're so addicting. I, I'm pretty sure they're like, somebody's injecting them with something that's going to kill me, but I don't care. I'm going to die of something. I might as well die of cotton candy grapes. That's what I'm going out with. <laughs> those, are not, those are not natural grapes. Uh, oh, you think? Yeah, because where are you going <laughs> to Hey, we got our cotton candy grape vine out here. Y'all come on out. It's just big old wispy things of cotton candy with grapes on it. <laughs> That vine grew behind Willy Wonka's. Uh, and That's- there we go. Finally, finally did it. It only took me 33 minutes today to do it. Um, <laughs> you were mentioning grapes and I got distracted. Um, keep going. It's my fault. Entirely my fault. <laughs> I don't know um, how you just took that. Is- Hold on a minute. <laughs> what is that? How did you make that your fault? That's hilarious. I derailed us. You're like, no. Because I brought up grapes. <laughs> you were talking about the coffee. Come on, man. Like you, you were literally just talking about the tasting of the coffee. And I'm over here like grapes. I like grapes. You like candy grapes. You know. All right. Finish. Sorry. Um, one of the other notes on it is nougat, which if you listen to the podcast, uh, I think last week, uh, the Costa Rican that we had from necessity had a tasty note of nougat in it. Oh, it did. It was okay. Let's back, let's back up to the necessity coffee. There's very few times in my life. I've had a coffee that I wake up and go, Hmm, I wish that was in my like kitchen right now. Yeah. That coffee. I'm just telling you right now that coffee, I, I could drink that maybe every day for the rest of my life. What are you doing over there? You'd come visit me. Well, well, I'd give you some. Well, hold on just a second there. You guys can't see this, but we're having a little uh, standoff over Zoom. Hold on, hold on. You just talk for a second. I'm going to come back. <laughs> I, I wish you guys could see this. He's he's rolled halfway across the room to go fetch something. Yeah, because there's a box right here of necessity. <laughs> it's empty. I don't care. I still have the box. I'm actually gonna, I'm sniffing the inside of the box as we speak. I might actually lick the inside of this box. It's so good. Um, I'm gonna lovingly look at this little cup, this little box. Um, and you know what? I'm gonna take a picture of it. I'm gonna take a picture of this. We need a moment right now, Dylan, um, because we were. So- I'll take a picture of this one. You take a picture of that one, and we'll post them on the make story. Sounds good. Um, 
I'm posting. I'm I'm taking a picture right now. So hey, if you don't follow the make on Instagram, you should. Um, we don't ever post anything there, but you should go follow it. Just be fun. But um, we're about to. We're about to. We're about to warm it up, Chris. I'm about to. Um, if you and know, there is, a, there is an active giveaway going away uh, going on on Instagram right now. So we're wait, gonna announce that. Wait, uh, remind me again. I forgot. We got a, we got a giveaway. What is it? We do have a giveaway. It's a V60 kit and a bag of coffee from a local roaster in Tucson. So we do these kind of annual red hot chili pepper moments. Give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away now. Um, uh, that's two music references in the last 30 seconds. I gave you crisscross that you didn't even pick up on a minute ago when I said warm it up, Chris. Um, and I just gave you red hot chili peppers. So how can, how can, you, how can you win the, um, the giveaway? Uh, go find, I think it, it, it is, should, should be the most recent post on our Instagram account. Uh, go find that, uh, like it, uh, share it with a friend and tag a friend that you would have coffee with in the comments. And we're going to give it away in a couple of weeks. I want to see how many people we can get. Current, and so. if you're really not a coffee person, but you're trying to be, this is a good way to do it. And if you really just don't care about coffee at all, it makes a great Christmas present for one of us. You sure. could give me or Dill a, I mean, my birthday isn't a week. I mean, if y'all, if y'all want to win it and then give it to me, I mean, we could be friends. It's okay. Um, you know, I, I like cash too. Cash works. Uh, I'm, I'm at an age now. I don't need more stuff. Uh, just cash, cash. Stop. Just put my Venmo in the, in the comment section. Uh, happy birthday. Um, no, Hey, um, so back, to this, back to the necessity. Aaron really liked this coffee too. Hey, um, he was hey, in the studio with us last week. Hey, hey Ron, we all finally agree on a coffee. It's good. <laughs> um, and I mean, you talked, me and him talked. I think this is uh, three ways uh, our favorite coffee of the year so far. So uh, if you, I, uh, if you I, like coffee. I would drink this every day. Yeah. And I would actually, I, you know where I want to try this through, and I've not done it in a while. Uh, I don't have it in my office. It's my house. But my siphon, I would love to try this through a siphon because that's such a clean cup when you do it through a siphon. Um, and this is already pretty clean through the V60 or through the uh, the Stag. Um, but if we, I want to try it through a siphon, because I think I, for the that, same reason, I kind of want to try it through my Chemex. Oh yeah, I haven't. Do you know what's funny? I got my Chemex in my office. I used to do a Chemex every day. Um, you know what yeah. I've done the last two weeks? I've done a V60 every day for the last two weeks. I got on French press kick for a while. I was back in my French press. Then I went to uh, Kalita Wave. I did a Kalita Wave. Then the Stag is kind of our go-to. Um, but I've been back in the V60. I'm like, I like my V60. Let's let's V60. I use my V60 almost every day right now. Yeah, look at us being on the same coffee wavelength. Um, so you, I do want a, a new Yellow Brick Cafe actually opened up in Tucson. I do want to. They have them on their bar, and a lot of other places use them too. I just I say this because I almost bought one whenever I visited Yellow Brick while I was in town. Um, I really want one of the origami drippers. Oh yeah, those things are they're those interesting are. to me, and they travel well. They're they're little. They travel kind of well. I mean, they're little, but they're super fragile because they're like really dainty ceramic. Uh, fragile. They must be Italian. Um, it's, it's good. That's a Christmas story reference, in case you guys are wondering. Um, so what what did what did you tell me you're drinking today? What what is it? It's the Presta from Oh, the Steve Presta. Joe. That's right. The Guji. Uh, not what the Guji. Uh, I'm I'm drinking. I'm actually EXO, um, and it's a different one than I had last time. It is actually uh, the Honduran Reserva. Um, and it is, uh, here's your tasting notes. It's a medium body. It's milk, chocolate, brown sugar, red apple, caramel, and blood orange. Ooh, blood orange. I like it. Yeah. Actually, you can get the, a little bit of tart of the blood orange on the back end of this cup. Um, but what stands out right away, honestly, as weird as it sounds is the red apple. 
Like that's really? what, yeah, I, I caught that note first, the fruitiness of the apple. I was like, once I, I was like, what is that? I read the label and I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's exactly what it is. Um, okay. So it, it picks, it was like a caramel apple. It's kind of what it's like. It's really good. Do y'all want to hear it? Well, I want some. Right. <sighs> some of you guys just stopped listening to the podcast right there. My daughter would turn it off you if I did like that. 12 people unsubscribe. Yeah. My daughter would stop listening right there. Like she can't listen to people. We, we, by the way, did you know they make... So my daughter's legit, my, my youngest, she has this issue, like, if people are chewing around her, making weird, like, noises, she just, if, like, she'll yell at me at the kitchen table, she's like, what do you eat, what, stop chewing like that, I'm like, it's food, I gotta chew it, like, I can't swallow potato chips whole, like, I mean, I could, but I'd die, um, but they make ear, like, these little earplug things she can wear, that actually changes the frequency so she doesn't hear that. Really? Yeah. My wife, That's my wife ordered them for her. interesting. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't understand it. It makes no sense. She can hear me talk, so I'm like, they're not plugging your ears. But there's, it's some kind of technology that, I don't know. I'm not an audiologist, so I'm, obviously, because I have no idea what I'm talking about right now. Um, and I just sucked coffee into a microphone. So, obviously, I'm not an audiologist, because I'll just stop doing that. Get <laughs> your freaking people out. <laughs> Actually, most most everybody would tell me stop doing that. No, I'm going to tell myself stop doing that. I'll never do that again, listeners. I'm sorry. Um, so, Dylan, what else? In the, uh, by the way, on Easter Sunday, Dylan was like... <laughs> He was like the personal coffee concierge because I wanted really good coffee on Easter Sunday. Um, what were you making me Easter Sunday? I made you a few different things. Uh, I made you some yellow brick. It was a Guatemalan from yellow brick. Yep. It was good. Uh, was that the first cup? There was a... Yes. Yeah, it was good. Yes. I, dr- I drank that in about 30 that. seconds. Um, at some point, you had this Presta from Stephen Job. Uh, and yes. at another point, you had uh, an Ethiopian from Cartel. Man, it was like a coffee journey on Sunday. I took a, I took you, a, yeah. I took a world journey on Sunday around the globe. It was good. The globe of coffee. Word got out because my my job on Sunday was to shoot baptisms, and I think I I made as many cups of coffee as I shot baptisms. I, I don't think that's a good ratio. Because <laughs> you shot 145 <laughs> baptisms on Sunday. I know. I, th- I think you're I know. right. I was throwing coffee out of the window. I, I don't. I don't think you made 145 cups of coffee on Sunday. I think your ratio. I, I think your ratio is off. It's like me, uh, like a gallon of coffee beans to two gallons of water. I, I think your ratio is a little off there. <laughs> I think your Horatio Sands yeah, is off. I think I think you missed the coffee drive-through that I was opening up on the side of the building. Oh, you, dude! If we had a coffee drive-through on the side of the building, I'd just sit in my car at the window all day. They, they, We'd make absolutely no money. You'd just be parked there. Oh no, you'd make a lot of money. I'd just be broke. I, I would. I'd be mortgaging my house and selling off vehicles and, you know bargaining for my grandchildren later in life and all those kind of things. Um, so anything else on the coffee front before I get us out of this ridiculously weird segment we're in today? Um, you know what I've noticed? If we, if we, if we train wreck the first half of this coffee time, usually levels it out. If we're really level at the first half of this, we just train wreck coffee time. Like somewhere there has to be a train wreck uh, because uh, the train's coming through no matter what. <laughs> So is there anything else in this coffee world we need to unpack? Get us out of this. Just get oh, okay. us out of this. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get us out of here. Hey, I got to I gotta tell you something really cool as, we're, uh, as we are getting out of this. Um, I got this. I, I got to pull it up. Um, so Sonia, my assistant, she got this, uh, this email. And uh, th- this is kind of just the reach of Pantano in so many ways. But I, I want to sh- shout this person out. Um, it's Scott Burless and Scott lives in, um, I'm looking it up right now, Plano, Illinois. And, uh, 
Scott wrote this beautiful letter. He's got this huge history with Pantano, lives in Illinois, um, listens to the podcast every week. And they've got like, I, I'm, I've not read the whole letter yet, but I think it's like 30, 40 years, 32 years ago. No, more than that. I'll have to read the whole letter. Uh, 28 years. There it is. Um, 28 years of history with Pantano, but they watch online every weekend. And they listen to the podcast every week. I'm, first of all, Scott, I'm very humbled that all of those things. But I just got to ask you about the podcast. Why? why? Why do you listen every week? I mean, what is it? I mean, what is it makes you want to hear this? I have this? nothing else to do. I mean, you you <laughs> got to be really bored to want to listen to us every week. Um, he mentioned uh, listening to St- when Stephen Job was on. And uh, I think maybe even bought the book uh, of Stevens, uh, which is awesome. Um, so Scott, thanks for listening, by the way. I, I love, I love finding out people listen. And, um, like I, I told you, Dylan, I was in our discover Pantano class, uh, a week ago. And every time I go in there, someone's like, Oh, we love the podcast. And I, every time I'm like, why, why, why do you like, I'm surprised every time somebody listens, you know what I mean? Um, now we're up to like six listeners way to go. Y'all. Thank you. You're helping us grow our, our listener base to six people. Now our, it's just Melissa and our moms. Um, actually it's just Dylan's mom. My mom doesn't even know how to listen to a podcast. Um, she just learned how to text message her friends here in Arizona. Um, so way to go, mom. One day you'll probably hear this. Um, probably not, not true. Um, but I thought it was really cool that Scott listens from Illinois and, uh, and he's going to be in town in, I think May. And, uh, he said, I just, I want to, I want to get to shake Trevor's hand. I'm like, man, I, I want to do more than shake your hand, man. I'd, I'd love to give you a big old hug and hear more about you. Um, you should take him to coffee. Yeah, that would be awesome. Scott, you ought to put in, uh, you ought to try to win the V60. Because at a very minimum, we could do a Zoom call coffee time with a listener. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Like if somebody wins outside of here, we could do a Zoom coffee time and Zoom them in. Well, our, and, last, our last winner was in California. That's true. That's a true statement. Well, we didn't Zoom them in and do coffee time. We didn't. We could, really we could start a brand new segment, like Zoom in coffee time. We do a giveaway. Or here's another idea. Maybe maybe you have a good coffee in your area and you want to have coffee with us on the podcast and you want to be a part of coffee time. We'll Zoom you in for coffee time and we could have coffee with a listener. What do you think? I like it. Okay. Look, I think it's a good idea. Why don't we do a poll? Polls sound like a good thing. We will, we will put a poll in it. Put a well, No, we're put not going to put a poll in it. We're, gonna, like, we're not shoving a poll in something. We're like... We'll, we'll put a poll. Put a poll in the show notes. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Well, you made it sound like we we're going to put a poll in the ground or something. Like, we'll put a poll in it. Hey, you know what? We'll, we'll put a javelin right through you. You want to have coffee time with us? Well, man, we'll put a poll right through you. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm thinking P-O-L-E, and in your head, you're P-O-L-L. And I'm like, dude, we're not impaling people. We just want to have coffee with you. Um, so if you'd, uh, like, if you'd like to join for a Zoom coffee time with us, and maybe you're not in this area, or maybe you are, and you just don't, you don't want to come in here. I don't blame you. I'm, I'm in here by myself. Don't come sit with me by myself. That's weird. Um, that just, it's just strange. Um, but we could do it over Zoom, and I think that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm okay. Down. Put it, put it in, put a poll in, put a poll in it. Let's find out. Um, so what Great. do we got? What do we got coming up at, uh, at Pantano? What's happening around here? We, we, we can't tell people that Easter's coming up anymore. Well, it is coming out just a year from now. <laughs> I mean, start planning now. Easter's coming, 2024. Be ready. Um, Wait, is that right? 2024? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're right. A um, few big things coming up. Uh, Rooted is launching first week of May. So that is like we are halfway through April. Yeah. If you've not signed up for Rooted, do it. Like I'm just telling you, it's a game changer. Um, we've had a lot of people go through Rooted in the last year. And 
I've not met very many that look at me and go, wish I hadn't done that. Most people I talk to are like, I'm trying to figure out how to get into Rooted. Um, and those that have gone through it will tell you, it's been a game changer. It really is. Um, so they can well, we talked a little bit about, we talked about Zoom and online, you know, experiences. Uh, there's a Zoom Rooted group that you can be a part of too, if you're not local to Tucson or like Trevor said, if you just don't want to go sit in a room. Uh, yeah. We have an online op for you and it's, it's actually really cool. Me and Robert, uh, hosted the first the first Zoom rooted group a couple of semesters ago, and it's a really cool thing to be a part of. Well, speaking of speaking of Robert and rooted, I mean Robert, we do a thing on our staff Difference Maker of the Year. We started that at our staff Christmas party this year, and Robert got our Difference Maker of the Year, which gave him an extra week of PTO. And uh, I love that night. Like his wife, like she's like cashing in on that right now. Boom, booked a cruise. So uh, right after Easter, I think they had the cruise booked before they left the, from the party. I think they did, and she. Uh, but they're on their cruise right now. For uh, so Robert, if you guys are hearing this, I hope you're having the time of your life out there at sea right now. Um, uh, you know, don't get lost. Don't take a three hour tour so we don't ever see you again. Um, but Robert, if you're listening to this on your vacation, stop it. Yeah, that's true. You shouldn't do that. That's dumb. You shouldn't even have your phone on right now, other than to take the pictures of the little rabbit your daughter sent with you guys and take pictures of and put on social media. That's the only thing. I'm, that's not what, a real rabbit. That's not a, a real rabbit. No, I've got a real rabbit. I'd like to send my rabbit to see to take pictures with too, but uh, I, that's not true. I kind of like him. He's just dumb. He's not very smart. But I. That's the only content I need to see today is Robert's daughter's little bunny that they sent to take pictures everywhere. That's the only content I want on social media these days. That's it. Um, that's what it. what else we got coming? We got rooted. We got what else is happening? Start a brand new series uh, uh, on GLS, Sunday. Right around the corner. Oh yeah, GLS. new series on Sunday. Which one do you? Which one would you like to talk about first? Since we both uh, we jumped on both of those, that's good. Um, GLS. Let's go GLS. Let's talk about that. Oh, uh, are me, you excited? Am I? You excited? love GLS. I I do. Here's what I love. Like I'm really excited for this year. Like I know Pantano has hosted GLS in the past, right? By the way, Global Leadership okay. Summit. Um, I've always gone to GLS. I've never been a part of hosting it. So I'm on the other side of it right now. So I'm. I'm such a newbie on this end of it. Like I'm looking at our team like, okay, I have no idea what to do. What do you want me to do? They're like, promote it. Great. I can do that. Um, but it, I will tell you this. If you're a leader, want to be a better leader, want to be a leader, period, got people in your life that you think need this, um, you don't want to miss being a part of a Global Leadership Summit. It's going to be fantastic. It's in August. Um, and you're like, why are you promoting that in April? Well, because registration is, is actually open right now. Yep. Is early registration and- still open? Early bird tickets are $139, but that ends on May 3rd. So, okay, that's, so that's coming up. So you've got basically uh, basically a two weeks to get that signed in for the early bird. Um, and I think there's a rate for military first responders as well. Um, so, And if you've got questions, you can always email us here at the church, or you can go to our Next Steps page, and somebody will figure out how to get you where you need to go. And then we've got new series, new series starting Sunday, uh, Winning the War in Your Mind. And um, I can't wait for that series. Yeah, that's going to be a really good one. What What are you pumped about for that series, Dylan? I'm curious. Well, selfishly, it's, it's a series that I didn't have to develop a lot of assets for because we are uh, using some of the assets from Life Church. So, yeah, um, I really, I, I don't know. This is the nerd side of me. I really like how Life Church uh, creates content and really makes it accessible to other churches to use. So, yeah. that's really cool. But I'm also really stoked. I've been saying for for a couple of years now that. Uh, the capital C church needs to, to take a, a united approach on anxiety and mental health and things like that. And being able to dive into that topic heads head first, uh, that's, that's going to be really exciting. And I love that we're doing that coming out of Easter. Hopefully a bunch of our folks that were here for the first time, um, they'll be back this weekend. And I'm guessing if they're anything like me, they're anything like you, they know, or have dealt with 
someone or themselves that's dealt with some sort of mental health issue. Um, it, you know, it's funny, Dylan, and this is a, maybe a topic for our next podcast. Um, like I, I never understood the mental health piece until about, until about two and a half years ago. Um, and then I went through a pretty dark period where I was like, what is, like, I had a moment like, what is wrong with me? Like, I can't, I was in this funk. I couldn't get out of it. Um, and to the point like went to doctors, like trying to get some help. And, um, there was this moment where it was like, I, I was in like this mild depression that like, I just didn't know what, like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much a pull myself up and let's roll. Like I can figure out how to deal with just about anything. But I had this moment where I was like, what is wrong with me? And, um, here's the snippet. Nothing was wrong with me. I was just, I needed a little extra help. And I, I don't think, I don't think pastors talk enough about it. Not from a, not talking about it so their people can learn. I don't think they talk about enough of their own personal struggle in this area. I would agree with that. Um, I've watched suicide rates among pastors go through the roof in the last five years. Um, two guys that I've been in proximity to have taken their own lives in ministry, leading substantial churches. Um, so while they were busy feeding everyone else, getting help for everyone else, they never got help for themselves. Um, and it just breaks my heart. And I'm like, okay, so why do we not talk about this? Why are we not dealing with, like, why are we not, why am I not sharing with our people? Here's my struggle. Here's, here's, here's where I'm at. Because I think people think that if they come in the church, we've got everything all together and they don't. That could not be further from the truth. And if you hang out with Dylan and I, even beyond this podcast, you think it's crazy here. Just hang out with us in real life. It's even more off the rails. Um, and it's because we just, we don't have it all together. We don't have, like I sat on my patio last night with seven other dudes. Um, and this is what I love about it. Most of them, other than a couple that know me really well, will show up and probably think, oh, I'm leading a church and I must have all my crap together. I'll just be honest with you. I, I don't have anything together. It, I'm, a, I'm a hot mess at best on most days, but the days where it's really off the rails, like it's, it goes beyond hot mess. Like it, it, it's a bad spot. It doesn't happen often, but it's there. And I don't think we talk about the reality of that very often. And so maybe we'll unpack that a little bit next podcast too. Yeah. And that, I mean, so we'll unpack it a little bit on the next podcast, but going into this uh, new series, we're going to touch on that a lot. Um, so if that's something that sounds like it's interesting to you, um, which that's probably everyone, if we're being honest, uh, you definitely want to show up to Pantano either in person or online for this series. Yes. It's going to be really cool. Yes. Um, Dylan, anything else you got today, buddy? You know what? I'm going to leave our, our listeners with a, with a question. Um, mm. I'll put it, I'll put it in the show notes as well. Okay. What is your most useless Amazon purchase that you've ever made because you, you did that illustration on Sunday and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. What is the thing that you bought on Amazon recently or whenever Amazon first became a thing that you thought was going to change everything that changed absolutely nothing? Do, do you remember the first time though, that you realized you could order anything from Amazon when it stopped being just a bookstore? Yeah. Like I, I remember my, my good old Yahoo account, trevdog underscore 44 at yahoo.com back in the early two thousands. I remember Amazon and it was like, wait, they've got it. like you would, you, this was old school, ser, old school search engine, but you would go on and search their old school search engine. Like, uh, I, I mean, just anything like, like back massager. And it was like 500 of, I'm like, wait, I, and it'll just come right to me. Like, I don't, I don't have to go anywhere. It'll come to my house. And then I uh, remember a couple of years ago when they were experimenting with like drones, dropping boxes at your door and all that kind of craziness, like, which I still think is coming. I just, people will shoot down. Well, drones. they're, their partnership with uh, Rivian for their new electric oh, yeah. delivery van 
there's yeah. Rivian vans here all the time. Oh yeah. Um, me and Melissa were talking, we drove past on Amazon. This is completely off the rails, but here we are anyway. Um, what better time than, you know, closing the podcast to, to go off the rails a little bit. Absolutely. Um, we drove past a Amazon sort facility the other day while I was taking her to work. And uh, I just looked at like this entire fleet. It, it's right next to the coast here. So I looked at this entire fleet of delivery vans and then a container ship off the coast with like Amazon freight containers on it. And then whenever I flew out to, to come back to Tucson, there was uh, an Amazon plane for, you know, air freight. Yep. Like we've gone, like I, we were talking, I don't think in, in our lifetime, maybe um, we'll see another enterprise just boom quite the way amazon did well because like they start like they started with nothing and now they're like they're but they're they, speaking they they're speaking to the innate need of humanity this i think this is why we need to talk about mental health is because now you can live in a bubble where you never have to leave your house and have everything you want sent right to you i like how you landed the plane like i could literally order doordash for my dinner order what I need from Amazon and they've got Amazon now where they can get it to you same day. Um, like I, I I used to do that in Dallas or in, uh, in Cincinnati. Like there was a day I was out of razor blades and I needed to shave. I had an event and I didn't have any razor blades. I got on Amazon now and 55 minutes later, a little guy in a Mustang pulled up in front of my house. I was like, here's your razor blades. I'm like, thank you, sir. Um, like we live in a culture where you don't have to interact with another human being if you don't want to. Yeah. I, I mean, if, like you and I right now, like I, I thrive on being with people, but right now I'm looking at you through a screen. I could literally have my coffee sent to my house. Um, I get water out of my fridge. I order a pot to put the water in to boil the water to put it in my coffee. Uh, I can order any necessity I need in my house. It can come right to my door. I can order every meal to come right. I can even order my groceries and somebody will bring them to my front of my house. Um, I can, I can, you can order a car if you don't want to go shop Carvana. I don't, right. But why do I need a car? Cause I'm never gonna leave my house anyhow. Right. And so, but you can like, you can do all of this and you never have to interact with another human being. And I think it's taken a toll on us mentally. And, and I think that winning the war on our mind starts in community. It just really does. And we'll, We'll unpack that more later. So uh, I'm actually going to let that be our segue out of here. Hey, we're so pumped you guys are a part of listening to the podcast. If you listen, do us a favor, share this wherever you can share this, social media, wherever you listen. Do us a favor too. If you'd review this, leave some comments. And the other thing is go interact with us. Go to these polls, go do these things, um, enter the giveaways, hop on social media, all of that kind of stuff. We would love to We would love to interact with you as our listeners. And, um, and we're just so thankful that you're a part of it. So with that, we will be back on another episode right here. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of The Make Podcast, where we're moving from Sunday takers to everyday makers. To learn more, head over to pantano.church slash the make. We can't wait to see you again next week.